Okay, Daniel, we're speaking on Monday after another depressing defeat. But somehow, just completely inevitable, wasn't it? What are your thoughts on yesterday's derby? It's fucking... It's nuts, isn't it? I mean, it shows what state the world is that talking about United getting humiliated by City again constitutes a light relief. But uh, here we are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> here we are. Yeah. I I was thought, as I said on Twitter, like after like the Dagestani pogrom yesterday, that at least I said that at least my grandparents aren't alive to see this. Right. And also on the plus side, my grandfather's not alive to see, to see the football yeah. <laughs> of his beloved Manchester United. Oh my God. But. I think that the game, I felt like we'd seen that game before. It's it's close until it isn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know, I, I felt like in the first 10 minutes when United were quite positive, I was like, oh, I'm just waiting for the goal here and it's all going to go to shit. I refrained on Twitter from making any any jokes, which I was tempted to with my gallows humour. And I was like, no, this is like, it's too bad for even this. Uh, the same I... the world that is. Uh, and... Um, when yeah. when they when the uh, official account announced the team, I just quote tweeted it with JFC because I <laughs> what the fuck is this abomination? Yeah. How did it come to this? And the thing is, his explanation for that was not that oh, Rafa Varane's not fit or Reguilón's not fit. It was tactical. He said tactical. That was his explanation for why Johnny I Evans guess- and Lindelof were in the team. I guess. I mean, maybe he doesn't want to sack him off. As in, he doesn't like Varane's never available. He was on the Not bench, never, though. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was odd. I don't know why, but Varane on the bench, I agree, was odd. And if Regulon, I mean, I just I don't. If Regulon's fit enough for the bench, and if you think he's fit enough for, for an hour, me, I'd play him for an hour yeah. and then see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, can't be worth it. Lindelof at left back, can he? So, and then and then Scott McTominay, who's in the side. Presumably only because we think he can score goals, because it's definitely not for his passing range. 21 completed passes yesterday. I, I've been counting. Oh, he's, he's getting better. Oh, well, he got 30 against... Who did we beat last week? I forget now. FCK. Yeah, FCK Copenhagen. Copenhagen. He got 30 against Copenhagen and 8 the game before. So, you know, he's mm, not great for a central midfielder. Anyway, the, the point being uh, against... Perhaps the best possession-based team in the world. You, you perhaps want someone in there who can keep the ball now and again. Little odd. I'm not sure that that axis uh, fills me a lot so, of confidence. So the thing that's really pissing me off at the moment, more than anything, is like Ten Hag. Just you got to own your shit. You have to decide who you are. And I think the part of the problem yeah. is that he's fallen. We said this last week. I think that he's sort of fallen between possession team, power team situation. And that's partly as a consequence of what he wants in the players that he yeah. had, but also partly a consequence of what he's done since. But the teams he picks for Sheffield United and Copenhagen were a fucking embarrassment, frankly. You do not need... And I understand he's feeling the pressure and he knows he's got to get results in those yeah. games. The best way to get results is to pick your best team when you're playing yeah. teams to, who are significantly S- inferior. Inferior, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you play you play McTominay in those games. You you scrounge victories. Not very much, not loads to do with him. Although I guess he did score in the Sheffield United game. You you get you get you scrounge those wins, and then you do it again for City. And I think at this point, it's just it, it looks weak. It, and he was very want- defensive. He was asked about that. He was asked about the you know the was he under pressure, and he said, "Well, we won the previous three games." And 
I, but, I feel like he's a man of he's a man of principles when it comes to football, right? We know what he wants to play. He said it over and over again, and he's just given up on all of them, like in the he, name of pragmatism. Right. So, right, because do you think? I thought that maybe if we'd have had a league, we were a bit unlucky with the international break after Brentford. Maybe that would have given them a bit of momentum. But I don't think that the wins over Sheffield United and Copenhagen would have done much to improve morale before City because those players, they're not, I mean, they are idiots, but <laughs> I'd say they're not idiots. And I'm like, what am I talking about? Um, they're not idiots, they are idiots. They know that City is very different to Copenhagen and Sheffield United, and they know that they've only just managed to scrounge a win against yeah. both of those teams. So I don't... Whereas if you pick your best team, there's a chance you might give those teams a kick in. Yeah. And that is that is good for momentum. And I think that what he has to do... Like, what he has to do at this point is just say... Like, we, we could still finish top five this season. We could. We could still get out of the Champions League group. It's not... It does. It doesn't. It's not a massive stretch. Like two wins. Like beat Copenhagen, beat Galatasaray. Teams we know we're better than. Yeah, we will qualify. So the season's not dead, but next season needs to be good. And Ten Huff needs to try and keep himself in a job. And I think at this point, I'm just thinking, well, sink or swim on your own merits. Don't be a pussy. And like with this compromise with yeah. playing players who make it a bit stodgy, you need to say. So it's the same with the changes yesterday. Like, why would you take off? I mean. I'm, I mean, I'm concerned that Amrabat might be shit, but <laughs> yes. yeah, I, I still him off again. Why, yeah, half time. I still don't yeah. get why. Why do you keep taking him off? Because if you've decided that he's shit, you should by now, or based on what you've seen, yeah, but someone is playing for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You well, <clears throat> you shouldn't have to keep hooking them like this. But there's Similarly, it's all over the pitch, right? There's questions mark question marks about the players and his use of them all over the pitch. I mean there's Mount, who he won't use now. Right, and that's another good one, yeah. And no one knows why he was bought in the first place. Because I c I couldn't tell you. I mean, is he a number eight? No. He's never done that, but that I think is where he was supposed to come and play in. That's certainly where he's And at. we just hope or he's a, or he's totally a replacement. Yeah, or he's a replacement number ten and we've bought a sixty million pound replacement for someone who's never rested so it makes no or sense injured and and better yeah even though he's playing out his arse for them oh my goodness yeah. me but but it's it, it, has he given up has he given up on mount now i don't i just don't, I don't know i don't i don't and also like because mount he hasn't quite been unitedified yet yeah so though he hasn't played that well you do see him getting the ball looking up passing yeah. it moving those kind of extremely basic things that most of the United players don't do. You see him doing it, but at this point, it's just, where where are you planning to take this, Mr. Yeah. Manager? Because it's not obvious. And I, want, I want us to keep him. I, he did some good work last season. I want us to, I want us to keep him, but he's, he's making it, and I don't think he's about to get fired, but... The, deck, the, the games between now and Christmas are not easy. No, they're not. And he's not... It, well, there's a couple of reasons why he's not going to get fired. One, the club, just they just can't do this again. Not Especially not with a new sporting structure coming in. Unless, unless Ratcliffe decides that he wants Red and whoever he brings in to manage the sporting side of things and the director of football, which I think will all change, then Ten Hag's around. But actually, looking at the financials, we can't afford it. No, we're fucking broke. No, and also, it always felt, it always felt like if disappointment fails, we kind of makes us a bit toxic. 
Yeah, I mean, look, another point, another manager comes in, you want to give him a few hundred million pounds to to back the manager and go get the players he wants because we've done that with Ten Hag. There just isn't the cash there. And so I, I just don't, I don't see it. It would have to get really, really bad. And I admit that five defeats in 10 games is pretty bad. But in 10 league games, that is, and a whole, and more in cups. So, and in, within in 10 days, we could be out out of the league cup and out of Champions League. Yeah, could do. Yeah, or near near enough out of Champions League. Yeah, but. that's right. So it could it could definitely get worse. And you know, you, <laughs> well, that's, that's refreshing. Yeah, I know. Losing fifty percent of our games this season is, and it could get worse. So, and and we didn't expect this, right? Because he, we, you know, he did pretty well last year. Two cup finals, third place in the league. Where we thought that the purchases that were made this summer would take us forwards, but that doesn't seem to have happened. And and injuries are a problem, but. You know, like you talk to people and not everyone thinks this is bad luck. A lot of these are muscle injuries and there is this kind of narrative going around that there's, they are working extremely hard and it's physical. And Palestri said it the other day, you know, and, and maybe that is a problem and they're not slowing down on that. And it looks a little like Klopp in his first sort of two years at Liverpool where the players weren't used to doing that level of intensity. Uh, could so. it be that? You need to train less hard because the Premier League is more rigorous and you're playing yeah, harder games more frequently. But I mean, also, the other thing that you were talking about is it's not just been shit since August either. It's been no, shit, it's since, been shit February. since February. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, that's quite a lot of shit. It is quite <laughs> and, a lot of um, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I think one of my, and I keep thinking back, and I probably, I, I keep thinking back to Arteta. Artet is who him and his little trousers were really, really nearly fired. Yeah. And he, at the last minute, he picked Smith Rowe and Saka when he should have picked them ages before he did. And he got them in just before it was too late. And I think yeah. they won a game and then they beat Chelsea. Yeah. But it was, and I, I think with Ten Huff, that the players also probably watching it thinking, what is this? And one of the things that's already pissing me off in advance is Varane and Cas. I don't just want, well, Var- Varane and Casemiro are fit now. Because I still, I don't think that is entirely the answer either. And it's difficult because without, until Martinez is fit. Mm. Martinez and Shaw, but particularly Martinez, you can't think, can we play his football? I mean, I guess Evans and Maguire can pass a bit. But we can, can we but- play Ted? Yeah, I, I don't see them passing through the lines. I mean, they do make a lot of passes, and it, it's all a bit slow. But one of the things that got, is pretty nervous about them when they're trying to play out from the back, even from goal kicks, is that or, or counterproductive, I should say, not not nervous, is that when the press comes in, they go backwards, and then they end up going back to Anana, who half the time is launching it long anyway, right? Because there are he's the got options. better. He, he's definitely had a good game. Yeah, I mean, he let three in, but he had a good game. He did have a good game yesterday. And I think I was always, the thing with him is that I wasn't exactly worried about him because the stuff we saw early in the season, you clearly don't do this all the time because if you did, we wouldn't have bought you. So, and so I guess I was willing to, the problem is that I felt with him is like, if you get on the downward spiral, it can be hard to avert. And I think that about enough as well. Like I remember saying on a radio show I do sometimes that, after what I saw in the first few weeks of the season didn't worry me unduly because there were so many excuses just in and of itself in a vacuum. But I live in a vacuum and it was very easy to see how things could spiral and just keep getting worse. Because, And I think 
how are you meant to play the football that he wants when your entire back four, first choice back four are injured? And instead of them, you've got the people that we've got. Mm-hmm. That is, that's a, that's a very good excuse for why it's shit. Yeah. I, I mean, it, 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 it is undoubtedly a very good excuse. I mean, that, that is the f- entire first choice back four is out and, and the way he wants to play by playing through the lines from the back and, and particularly in the fullbacks or particularly Luke Shaw gives you that out that, Definitely and not it gives Rashford, you get so much more out of Rashford when For sure. he plays with Shaw. But well, because then Rashford, funny. Can, Rashford can go both ways then, can't he? I and mean, now he can't. It's very difficult. He's got no one overlapping there. So, I mean, Regulon will will do that. Yeah. But what's funny now is just, do you remember we sitting sitting there last season going, imagine this team with the centre-forwards. Yeah. <laughs> and now if we've got one, then we can't create shit for him. I know. I, know, I feel sorry for him. He's getting yanked off all the time. I mean, I guess they're preserving his fitness. I mean, it That's does seem strange yeah. when you take him off when you need a goal. But also, who's meant to pass to him if fucking Scott McTominay is playing behind him and Bruno yeah. is wasting his time doing stuff? He can do a bit, but not well, or not as well as he does the other stuff. Yeah. And it just felt like that game against City was... I mean, it felt like that should be a line in the sand. That, okay... Because think about it, it took him two games last season to be right. Enough of you dickheads. Yeah, and it feels almost have we broken him? Maybe. I mean, I don't. It's just, and you talk about we can't afford to sack him. Him walking away doesn't seem totally far fetched. It. The interesting thing is, like <laughs> that in in previous regimes. I mean, you think back to Van Hal's second season, that Leicester game where he obviously shit the bed after that, and. And that was the just, first season. Of this was that the first game. season and just played his ultra? Yeah, it was right at the beginning. Right, right at the beginning of Van Gaal. So that might have happened with the five nil and the seven nil and stuff like that. And I don't think that happened with Ten Hag. It, it's it didn't because it's we saw been a more pre-season. of a slow drowning process, hasn't it? Where he's slowly gone away because from, it's just yeah. the things mount up, don't they? The yeah. ownership. Greenwood, not that he was on the right side of that, but it would have been difficult and stressful and he didn't get his own way. Yeah. Then Greenwood, Anthony. And you've got all this shit going on while you've got to manage Man United and coach them. And you're also director of football and chief scout. And all of those things, you can see why it wouldn't be that much fun. And I, I mean, I don't, it shouldn't, it doesn't feel hopeless at this point, but it does feel like he's got to do something. Like he's got, like this babyishness of not picking players unless they're fit, or at least, or if they're if they're, if you're if they're fit enough for the bench, then you would think. Especially if you're, a, I mean, I know Varane gets injured all the time, so I'm not saying that this was definitely wrong. But if he's fit enough for the bench, centre backs don't run that much. Yeah. And if your option, if your alternatives are what your alternatives are, then sorry, but you've got to play Varane in that game. You've got to play Regulon in that game, and. I yeah. don't know. They were free enough. I mean, it, it does feel. I know it's a. I know it's trite, but it, it does seem odd that you would unbalance your team so much by not playing at least one of them, at least Region. But yeah, he didn't, and and he blew up in his face. It, like, everything he decided to do got wrong. So. And and yeah, if you put Casemiro in, it won't it won't change everything. And so I think that you need to start building the team that you want to build or not continuing to build the team you want to build. If he decides like that Casemiro turned up 
from the summer overweight. Don't know if he did. That's me hypothesizing. Felt like he did. And he hasn't been good this season. Then you need to find a way of, you have to pick him. If you think he's going to leave with the summer, whatever it'll be, as in, I'm not saying, like, take it all on Casemiro, who a fit him is one of our better players. But it's just, I didn't watch that and think, yeah, Varane and Casemiro. I watched that and thought, I want to throw a few of you in the bin. Yeah. Well, yes. And, and, and maybe, maybe this will be the one that broke Ten Hag, but it didn't, it didn't previously. So I, I think it's one of the lack of balance that the fact that he shifted so many players that, you know, left back who's the centre back, right winger who's a number 10, a number 10 who's, I don't know what Scott McTominay is, like all, all over the place, so many compromises. And he didn't, the really worrying thing is he didn't see that that, like the pattern of that game was absolutely fucking inevitable, like doing that. And maybe just hope for moments, maybe hope that United be able to defend. But as soon as City got that goal, admittedly a really soft penalty, then it was over from there because any any attempt by United then to try and open the game up, which they couldn't do anyway, would have been punished. <laughs> so they just got punished anyway. So what did you make of the penalty? I mean... One of the things I hate most about VAR is it presents everything out of context. So when you when you look at that in a slow-mo, there's an arm across him. It's much lighter, much, much lighter than, say, the one that Hoyland got against Arsenal, where he was properly pulled down and they didn't look at it. So, And it looks like the kind of stuff that happens all the time. An arm across, definitely not enough for Rodri to go down. But in the era of referees... Oh, it doesn't matter. Being presented as super slow mo, you want to go down at every fucking point. Like, I mean, yeah, to me, it doesn't matter whether he went down or not as to whether it's a foul. And I guess the way I looked at it, was, I thought it was a foul. Did I think it was a clear and obvious error on a foul? Not, not necessarily. Do I see free penalties given for that kind of offense? Right. Almost never. But, but is but it again, any more of a foul than, one, the, than the one that Hoyland didn't reference. get when? So, so I, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even go to that one. I'd go, if you look at the corner, before the foul, before Hoyland makes that foul, Vardiol shoves Rashford. Right. It's not a big shove. Yeah. But he pushes him to move him to a different place. The ball's not in playing distance. That is a foul. Yeah. And it's mind-boggling that they would watch that and think, that's not okay, or miss it, or whatever. I I I don't understand that. But again, like we always say this, didn't lose because oh, the God, officials no. fucked us. <laughs> Although I think they sort of did. That's not why we lost. But it it is Ted Huff has not had any muzzle. He's had he's having I mean not any, he's having very little luck here with the way the decisions have gone. Sure. And the, just the way the way things are happening. And that is part of the problem of the spot of the downward spiral. Yeah, it, it is. And I do, I, I don't want to sound conspiratorial because I don't really believe there's some kind of conspiracy, but I do think what happened versus Wolves with Anana and their hysterical week long media reaction has put pressure on referees. Uh, I, undoubtedly, they are humans, right? None of them want to be in the paper for a week. You know, it wasn't yeah, just a controversy just after the game. They, it carried on for days and days and days. And I'm sure that's put pressure on them. And I'm sure that's contributing to the marginal calls that are going against United at the moment. So I don't think that would have made any difference yesterday, say, but the ones at Tottenham. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like the, <laughs> the second, like the, the, what was the, I can't even remember the second one at Tottenham, but I remember thinking that is the most ludicrous, those obvious penalty. It's right at the end. Well, and it was just. 
Romero pulled right. a, a Suarez and fucking punched one away. So it's like yeah, that was yeah, there was okay. the one there was the handball in the first half yeah. and there was a foul in the second half. Right. I can't remember who it was or on who. It was right at the end, but there would have been three two if we score yeah. in that ten minutes of injury time. And I can't remember who or what it was, but I just and there was in the Copenhagen game there was that one on Hoyland as well. Yeah. And I don't I don't think that that is a consequence. I just think that the standard ref, refereeing is difficult. The standard's not that high either. And VAR doesn't help you get more correct decisions. And sometimes it's just it's just one of those situations yeah. where everything where I, it's just I so just much don't is know going it's, wrong for Sam. I don't know that it's worth it with VAR. I just I, I kinda of come to the conclusion I'd probably be more supportive when it first came in, but I think according to FIFA stats, it's something like five percentage points better. Like it goes from ninety one percent correct decisions to ninety six percent correct decisions. There or thereabouts, yeah, something was, like that. I think it was even. I think it was even. I remember right. having a row. I went on that radio <laughs> for and that happened three or four years ago. I guess it was now before VAR to say why I thought it was shit. Yeah, and and it was something like yeah, from like ninety five percent to ninety eight percent or right. something. And <laughs> number one, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Who fell in love with football? Because of its accurate decision-making process. Yeah, right. <laughs> no one. No one. Who fell in love with football because celebrating a goal? Some people. And even if that wasn't the thing, now that now that we all love the game, yeah. it is really, really one of the things, if not the thing. And compromising that, I mean, that's the greatest feeling in the world. I wouldn't compromise that shit for shit. And... And, and, and the, dis- but also, yeah, that, that extra 3% of correct decisions or whatever it is, like, that will so affect well. some people's yeah. enjoyment of outcomes because their team will win when they would have lost. But in terms of the overall footballing community's experience of the game, to me, it's totally, at best, it's irrelevant. Yeah. At worst, yeah. it's actually ruining a lot of the things that, that I we thought love. were good about yeah, football. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, that extra three percent. The only people that care about that shit are referees, and it's ultimately and, and the pundits. fault of yeah, the fault of no, it's their fault for bringing this about. Yeah, by letting by bitching by, by looking at everything in my new detail, and then yeah. giving managers and players the opportunity to blame the refs for their own incompetence. Yeah, yeah. how many mistakes does a player make in a game relative to a ref? So then, if you're bitching yeah. about a mistake the refs made. Then what did the player do everything possible to override that? No. Yeah. Never. Yeah. And I I think you're totally right. I, the better the better fix for the inaccuracies of refereeing, because they are human, they're doing their best, is to not ask players and managers about it and not spend the entire post game period focusing on that, right? And focus on the football instead. Unfortunately, like Clearly, broadcasters decided this is what drives clicks, views, engagement, whatever. Because and I'll give you an example. I mean, it is. It's just. An, I mean, what you're sort of saying is, every why can't everyone just grow the fuck up? And <laughs> who, who can say why that would not be? But I remember, like years ago, the year Leicester won the league, I took the piss on Twitter out of a headline. Because Leicester have come from behind, I think. They've won this game, and then afterwards, Vardy has said something or done something that maybe he'll get suspended. Right. So there's a headline about Vardy having maybe done something, which to me was just an attempt to create some controversy. Yeah, yeah. When you had this brilliant game of football, Leicester are going to fucking win the league, and you're talking about an, 
So I took the piss out of it on Twitter, ended up having a dispute with some journalist, and then my editor at the time at The Guardian joined in on the side of the Sun journalist, as did a writer at The Guardian, saying they're moving the story forward. And it's just like, no, that's not what this is, because this is not a story. Yeah, yeah. Like, the story is the thing that happened. Moving the story forward is you trying to create a story in order to sell more papers than the other people and than you did yesterday. Sure. I mean, and it's not like media hasn't done this forever anyway, with sport or any other news. You know, you can, like, the storm is coming, town going to be destroyed. I mean, it's in one of those movies, isn't it? Storm passes away. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, like town saved. Like, there's no news. And, and like, often that is the case with football controversies too. They are manufactured, of course. And, and then you get several days worth of column inches. So, and I, I thought very much, I thought that was true of the Anana against Wolves. That on balance, that was marginal anyway, because he's trying to claim the ball and you have to give some leeway for doing that. If it'd been given, fine. If it wasn't, fine. But was that, meritorious of a week's worth of media coverage when there's horrible shit happening in the world fuck no and so it is frustrating and it and it get it riles up fans as well and probably like that anger drives engagement and i can see the engine behind all of that but i think we've been a much better place if that was not the focus and we could focus on the goals and the action and the skills and the quality of the players and that would be the thing that would be awesome and we could get the fuck rid of var so we don't have to focus and on fucking it Mike Dean in the commentary box. I, I mean, yeah, it, it's like that's the thing. <laughs> now we have refs in, like pundit, punditing, punditing, punditrying. I'm not sure what the correct word is. And it's just Jesus Christ, off. yeah, gobbing I mean, off. I don't. In theory, like I don't mind that they're there to explain decisions because, as we know, players don't know the laws. And I mean, neither do we them know them that well. But at least try and look at them from time to time. So, I, but the problem, the problem is just they do it so badly. Peter Walton. I mean, I mean, maybe maybe he'll be the next James Bond, and everyone, everyone will laugh. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> and even Mike Dean, even Mike Dean, who actually like has some personality, not a good yep. one, but he has it. <laughs> still, still shit. I mean, the thing about Anana, just to, just to finish off him, is that I my worry with him now is also is he just one of those dodgy keepers? You remember that save he made at the beginning, where he turns an easy save into a double save. Where he has to knock it away from Harland. It, yeah. It's that. Like, I don't expect him to throw them in like he has done. I expect him to make some good saves. It's the ability to create confusion. Yeah. Where there, where there was none. He makes some and, of it look hard, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And some goalkeepers get away with that. Casillas. Just things seem to hit his knees. Yeah. It seemed to hit him. Ramsdale, a bit like that as well. Where things just hit, seem to hit them. And maybe, Oh, no, that will be that. But there's just a level of chaos and untidiness that makes it seem like he's dodgy. It makes me suspicious that he will be a dodgy keeper, even when he's not there. We'll but we'll see. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think uh, the, the return of the first choice back four will help with the passing range. And we know he's got a good passing range, so let's not worried about any of that. It's it is the handling piece that makes it seem dodgy, but maybe the return of the back four will also just like calm everything down a little bit. One, so. I mean, uh, yes, but we will still have that period probably where they're getting back to speed. But one thing, not about the back four, that just that I remembered pissed me off yesterday. It's not even in my notes. It pissed me off. I just remembered it now. Is those times when we did have good situations, 
the decision making was so and mainly McTominay actually so anger inducing and mm. Tenhoff mentioned it afterwards it's just well you were the one that arranged to not have Bruno or Mount in that position yeah you deliberately put someone there who is not good at passing or awareness yeah and that's why he gets very few makes very few passes because he's not in the right place most of the time the only benefit to having him in there is that he makes that third man run and scores. And he got close a couple of times-ish, right? So the one, it was quite early in the game where he nearly got through, right? Yeah. And and maybe that changes things if he scores that, because that's the only reason he's in the team. But he should have passed, I think, and he, he didn't. He should have passed, yeah. <laughs> did you see what Tenoff said afterwards about Ajax? So I wrote I, this down. Oh, I, I did not. They're bottom of the area division, aren't they? So. The football we played at Ajax, we will never play here, he told Viaplay after Sunday's defeat at Old Trafford. I have different players now, and it's also not the reason that I came here. The collection of players you have available determines your style of play, and that is why we play here in a different manner than I have at Ajax. And I will not, and I will have to, because I cannot play here in that same way, and that is also entirely not in the DNA of Manchester United. The Ajax style of football is very characteristic, and here we'll be playing a lot more direct, and that's what we have players for, especially in the forefront of the pitch. Yeah, but United aren't even doing that. And that's a, I mean, I, I do kind of agree that he has got a problem playing this like possession dominant game with the players we've got. Cause if you look at all of them, perhaps only Amrabat in the central midfield is someone who doesn't take a lot of risks. Maybe Mount could be that, but then what's the point of him? But Bruno, Casemiro, <laughs> they take a lot of risks with the passing. They're just not going to play this high possession game. And, but. Like it's it's like you said at the beginning, it feels like he's kind of caught in between these two things. Like it, it, so, United are not a transitional only team, but they're they're full of transition merchants. Right? They're full. Bruno taking risks with the ball, Rashford running into space. They're Garnacho if he plays. They're full of players like that, and they're not full of players who are careful in possession and build up in the way that Ajax does or the Ajax style is. So yeah, yeah, and. But that's fine. I don't want to watch Ajax football necessarily, but you have to, whatever the way is, you have to decide what it is and you have to do it like really now. And I I don't think this is what will happen. I'm not saying like chuck everyone out. I am saying I think we should see Garnacho given a run of starts, I think, because Rashford's had a lot of games now and he's played out his arse in almost all of them. Yeah. So not all his fault. But it doesn't matter. It should be that if you don't play well, you get dropped. Yeah. Really simple. I don't know what he plans to do in the midfield. Obviously, he keeps that. We're basically praying that Maynou is already brilliant. We're missing a 19-year-old kid before he's played for us. But in the meantime, I guess, because I'm thinking we've got Newcastle in midweek, right? I would be trying to play players that politically might be difficult for me to play instead of others. But I'd do it in the League Cup and hope hope that they did enough so I would I guess I'd, get, I'd go in midfield against Newcastle so I'd be thinking something like Casemiro Amrabat and Bruno maybe I don't know but are we really saying Bruno in this one who knows what are you I mean you've got I'd give, you've got to give Mount the game <clears throat> yeah I mean he must, he must hate it already well, I don't think we've ruined him yet but yeah he may well be hating it he's yeah he no may not be. we haven't ruined him as a player but I'm sure we're yeah. well on the way to ruining his happiness yeah well, you know, that all, all our happiness is ruined as well when United lose. So, yeah, his can be too. What do we think of the other goals? 
I forget what it, I forget what the second was. The second was the build up from the left and the chipped cross for Haaland to head it in at the back post. Is that that one? Lindelof went missing somewhere. Well, they all the, the whole yeah, all the defenders are gen- generally not where you want them to be. I forget. Foden scored the last one, didn't he? Yes. Oh, the tapping. Yes. Tapping. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The tapping. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's Anana pushed it away, and then yeah, that is probably the best he could do, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Like at the time, I thought could you have got that further away? Margarita, I thought probably not. Yeah, I think he's done about as good as he could there. All right, let's move on from that nonsense. United financials were out. Do you want to talk about that? Let's do <laughs> it. Yeah, love financials. Right, well, if you're uh, if you're sad like me and you go onto the investor relations site and you go and look at their K10 forms and all of that, and the, the press releases all like record revenues and yeah, it's true, it was <coughs> record revenues and there was a significant bump in commercial revenue based on some new deals that they've signed. It was a little bit of a bump, ten to fifteen million pounds, something like that in match day but that is almost entirely because you know keep getting drawn at home in the cups which is very useful but there's basically no in- increase in match day income for the last 10 years so there's that and then broadcast a little bit up based on united's lengthy run in the europa league so yeah there was that record revenues on the downside, United have got very little cash now. I think it was fifty million down on the previous year on year. And if you tot up all the stuff that United owe based on the UEFA model, which is debt five hundred sixty something million pounds, revolving credit facility another hundred and fifty, and transfer fees owed like another three hundred, United are very close to a billion pounds in debt. So that was good. I thought that was absolutely lovely. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I mean, I guess in a sense, at some point, if Ratcliffe takes over the football operations or whatever happens, this stuff won't matter that much. Yeah. Well, <coughs> we're yet to see exactly what that will look like. We haven't actually got details on what this split of, like, what's he buying? So there's a lot of people have been talking about him buying 25% of the club. But what 25%? Like, what of it is from the public markets and what of it is from the Glazers? And that does matter because there was this whole controversy of not treating every investor equally. Although it specifically says that in the annual review, they call it out as one of the risks that not every investor may be treated equally in this purchase, right? So it suggests to me that he's buying more Glazer shares than he is buying... Uh, public market shares and they've come to some arrangement on the articles association about these shares converting into a from b so we've yet to find out and and then there's been a lot of talk about this committee that will come in so ratcliffe takes over football operations what the hell that actually means (laughs) and presumably installs some kind of new managing director to cover the football piece i don't know whether it's the whole piece whether arnold is out fully and perhaps a new football director whether it's Paul Mitchell and Murtar is out or they split the structure in some way, whatever that is. But they talk about the committee being one Glazer and two Ratcliffs. Like, 
as in the vote. I just don't know how that's t- sustainable in any fashion. So like, let's play out a scenario. Radcliffe takes over football op- operations, decide that they're going to sell Anthony Martial. Joel Glazer has a hissy fit about it because Martial's his favourite ever, ever footballer and he's got posters on the <laughs> wall of him. And and then decides that he doesn't like it, votes against it. And so now you have majority shareholders of the club, the Glazers, unhappy with their junior partner. How the fuck is that sustainable? It's just not. It's impossible. So I, I, it cannot it, it cannot be that this lasts very long. Otherwise, they have to agree on everything. And if they agree on everything, why do you need this split on voting of this football committee? So, yeah. In any case, don't think it's sustainable. There has to be some kind of options in the deal between them that say this is the route to Ratcliffe owning the full and it has to be laid out and transparent. Otherwise, it's all going to fall apart. In my honest opinion. So, there you go. Anyway, billion pounds in debt. I think that's pretty magical. And I've got absolutely nothing for it, unlike Spurs who got a stadium. <laughs> and I mean, debt Spurs are kind of an example, really, of because we've given Ten Hag Ten Hag a lot of passes, but then you look at Spurs, you look at Villa, and you see the speed with which their their managers have got things okay. And I guess Ten Hag, maybe you can say Ten Hag did that as well last season, and it's just fallen apart this. But and you could also say, well, actually, Villa squad's fucking good. It was fucking good before Emery got there. It's just they had some shit for brains donkey managing it previously you couldn't get anything out of it but <laughs> I knew I knew as soon as they got someone good because yeah. the thing the problem with Gerard was also that he he couldn't he'd like play pick a team in a formation that get beat or whatever and then you change it yeah and when you do Emery's, that you don't get, um, yeah. you don't yeah, get yeah. to know who you, what your best team formation are you have to just you have to show a bit of patience and just let yeah, it be yeah. but Villa yeah Villa had a lot had spent a lot of money they have done, but they they seem to have bought very well, and and Emery and they have has, depth. And they have depth as well, Villa. Yeah, Etifak, you may care or may not care. Steven Gerrard managing them. I think they lost their last game in front of about twenty people. I think six hundred and ninety six people. <laughs> United's reserves regularly gets more people watching them. The women's team definitely gets more people watching them. The under twenty ones and. 23s do, sorry, 21s now, isn't it? Definitely do. That's it. Jordan yeah. Henderson said he wasn't, he was, Jordan Henderson was going for the football. Yeah, good stuff. Not the £56 million a year that he's been paid. So definitely not that. <laughs> Just brilliant. Is that uh, how much he's getting? Something like that, yeah. Something I like was that. told that they're all getting their wages tripled. Everyone right. who signs for them is getting three times what they were getting right. before and a golden hello. All right. Yeah, yeah, they may well be right. And and in, look, in five years' time, not to go off on too much of a tangent, it may well be that the strength of that league is sufficient enough that they don't have to pay everyone three times as much and they're only paying them two times as much or 1.5 times as much, you know. And then, then it, because right now, European clubs are quite happy to dump players they don't want there. And, but at some point, it'll just cause price inflation. But that's a, that's a story for a few years' time, I think. All right, we have Newcastle at the weekend. Not at the weekend, sorry. Wednesday night, Carling Cup. We are the defending champions playing another state-run <laughs> team. This Can is wonderful. Can we be champions of the Carling Cup? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> What's it? What is that called? What is, what is Carabao Cup? Milk Cup? EFL Cup? Uh, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then was it not the the Capital One Cup for a bit as well? It was, it was, yeah. Carabao Cup, Capital One and Carling. It's all very confusing. I, I, I don't know what to think about this one because you'd like to think that he could reintegrate some players who haven't had minutes like Garnacho or Mount. Oh, which point? Casemiro yeah, one we, or, yeah. One we haven't mentioned is uh, Hannibal. I, Hannibal, as I, yeah. I keep saying that Hannibal wasn't someone for the re- just because of what I was told that I thought would make it United. I'm not invested in Hannibal being good at all. Yep. But he did quite well. He got hooked at half time against Galatasaray when we thought he was playing quite well. Yeah. And have we seen him since? He got on the pitch since then. I don't think so. Don't think so. Yeah. Just no. And in fact, he's done all right this season when he's he's played. So I'm not. Yeah. I haven't been sitting there watching these games thinking if only Hannibal was playing. But some of his energy and desire and attitude would not be right. not be unwelcome. But the problem is now that given United's results this season, it's kind of important. Like I yeah, wouldn't I mean, say I, w- I wouldn't say the League Cup's important normally, but it was it was great when United won it. Obviously, beating this lot and stopped that bastard Eddie Howe having victory, which was very nice as well. But but for Ten Hag, it's important a defeat out of a cup competition. You know, already eight points behind fourth place in the Premier League, absolute miles off, never going to win the league. Obviously, didn't think they would either. But so to go out of one of the four trophies when the Champions League is looking perilous as well, pretty fucking big deal. Uh, and and just for the confidence and the narrative it's, and the momentum and all of that. So it feels like, yeah. Also, just I want the game to let the players play themselves into some kind of form as well. So I think that I I would be thinking about playing Bruno in this one. I mean, obviously not. it's a difficult game, so it's not like you play a crap team at home, you score a few goals and it's all really nice. Yeah. But there are no, there's no blends in the team. There's no, there's no X has a nice little partnership with Y and the only way you get that is by playing. And so, yeah, I think, <laughs> I would be trying to play the team that I wanted to play at the weekend on Wednesday because and committing to that and not really not not thinking I'm not planning to change the starting eleven for the next few games. Yeah. And for me, I mean that other people might see this differently. I don't know what you can do with the defence, but Regulon and Varane, I'm picking them. Then I guess I'm going to Amrabat, Casemiro and Bruno. And then I'm going Mount, Hoyland, and Garnacho. That that would be that be my front six. That's right. Because... Mount on the right hand side. Yeah, I'm happy enough with him there. I mean, he doesn't do a wor- he won't do a worse job than Anthony playing on the right. Yeah, and I mean, I felt like Anthony had something to offer. It just it hasn't changed. No, no. It what was... he has to offer is is defensive now and good ball carrying. Uh, that is it. So that yeah, the rest of it, the goal scoring and the the creation bit hasn't come at all. So, which is a bit lacking for a hundred million euro player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, if so, he, yeah, he's it's a com- ridiculous the amount of money. If, 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 if this is it with him, if he's not better than this, then yes, yeah, complete nonsense. And then, I mean, like he didn't, he didn't start. Obviously, Ten Hag didn't trust him enough and thinks Bruno's better on the right than he is, which is damning since that's not Bruno's position. And then he came on and he did a foul and then got involved in some 50 cuffs and could have ended up getting himself sent off and just was generally behaving like a dickhead. So I just... Like, what what did you contribute there? I just didn't get it. And what do you make of Bruno and the captaincy? 
Yeah, I, I'm not so worried. I know he's doing a lot of whinging and flapping his, uh, you're dying of COVID or something here. I know he's I've doing got a, a, a... Me, I've got a cult, me and Frank Sinatra. Yeah. To, yeah. The, the kind of flappy stuff I'm not that bothered about. I mean, I know it seems to bother the pundits and I can't remember, was it Roy Keane demanding he get stripped of the captaincy? There's zero chance that happens in the middle of the season. I mean, talk about that would be a story for weeks. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about his playing. Like, it's funny, if you just divorce, like, your, your eyes from the stats, his stats look great still. I know he's not scoring a lot of goals, but he's creating so much. And he, his expected assists and his key passes are like top right on the chart and miles away from anywhere else, right? So he's doing the stuff he's in the team for in terms of creating, but it doesn't look like he's playing well. So it doesn't feel like there's a rhythm there. And he's not scoring goals either. And he, you know, and Ollie, he was scoring tons of goals and he just doesn't anymore. And that is a major sort of, you know, major part of his game that is missing. So yeah. It's a concern. But they're all playing out their ass. Like, who in this squad is playing well? Like, yeah. Even, even Hoyland, who I've, like, seen some nice bits from, and he did all right yesterday. Like, the fact that you can play it into his feet and he can spin, turn, and bring other players into the game. I like that. Didn't finish him. <laughs> his one chance. <laughs> the fact he can do some number nine things. But, yeah, it's not a great record. We're not feeding him very well. I don't think his expected goals is particularly high. So... Yeah, he's getting his scraps. Yeah. So, so apart from that, like everyone is playing crap. Yes, brilliant. I mean, I just, I'm still like coming back to Amrabat. Actually, is he rubbish? I, yeah, I think we're getting from him what I thought we'd get from him. In that his passing range is all right. He makes a lot of fouls, and he doesn't really do anything else. <laughs> so. Perfect. Yeah, he he never scores goals, so I don't, wouldn't expect any of that to come from him. He he his progressive passing is okay. He doesn't really do any defensive work, and he gets involved in stupid fouls. So that that's always been him. That's always been him. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm going anything else to say? <laughs> what a bunch of tickets. Indeed, uh, but that's just us. What about the team? Yeah. Right. Thanks, everyone. See you soon.